0: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez and recording today's episode right after the Sacramento Kings lost to the New York Knicks in pretty horrible fashion. Um, Scary game, to be honest. Talked about the New Orleans Pelicans game as being a little scary that the Kings kind of got their ass kicked a few games ago and it was the first time we had seen this new group of DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Justin Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, if you want to throw Trey Lyles, uh, Josh Jackson, Jeremy Lamb in there as well. First time we'd seen that group of this Kings team really get their ass kicked and look like they didn't have the same energy and effort that these first few games, it was like, okay, this team is going to fight until the final buzzer every single time. We saw that game against Chicago where, you know, it, it's starting to make me think because we've had a few games in a row now where the Kings have blown a lead right this game in san antonio they had a 19 point lead they won by three points i was happy with that game i felt like they showed resilience just having got their ass kicked again by new orleans the night before to go into san antonio and have that performance um, that they did in the first half where they put up 64 points i was really really impressed but Their defense kind of gave up or gave in a little bit in that second half. They end up blowing a 19-point lead. They still win the game. They win by three points. Um, It gets concerning when that's a trend. The next game, they play Dallas. The Kings are up 19 points. They lose that game by one. Um, They lost in pretty dramatic fashion. They fell apart in the second half. Um, You know, Dallas scores 26 in the first quarter, 25 in the second And then you see 34 in the third, uh, 29 in the fourth, not a crazy difference, but then as that's like a slow rise in points, the Kings slowly got worse offensively as the game went on. You see 36 points in the first quarter against Dallas, 29 in the second, 27 in the third and 21 points in that fourth quarter. Um, the second halves are going really poorly. You look at this Knicks game. It's, uh, It's, it's a gross one, man. 17 points in the first quarter for the Knicks. At the end of the first quarter, the Kings are winning 33 to 17. And then you go into halftime, the Kings are winning 63 to 48. The King, the Knicks had 48 points at halftime and then they scored 44 points in the third quarter. Um, sure. Julius Randle was hitting a lot of shots. Julius Randle had a career high in points, like, Julius Randle's not giving you 46 points on eight threes very often. As a matter of fact, never done it before. Most threes he's made in a game in his career. Most points he's made in a game in his career. The issue in in these games is that less that, you know, teams are maybe just hitting shots or the Kings aren't hitting shots, which sure is part of it, right? Because the Kings are horrible shooting the ball. Um, we, we see that clearly, especially when your primary duo, Fox and Sabonis, are two players that are not good at shooting the ball. You need three guys that really can shoot the hell out of the ball around them. And they have been doing that successfully. The issue is we're seeing what works. We're seeing first halves that work for the Kings. And then they just go away from it. And I don't understand. I want to be the optimistic guy and Okay, let me walk this back because I'm not trying to say that I'm always looking for optimism no matter what. I am a person that, you know, like my girlfriend gives me a lot of shit for playing devil's advocate all the time, right? And I think the way that that translates into how I am as a person and, and that goes into how I cover this team is I try to view both possible sides of what's going on here. Yes, there's a way to look at this as, holy crap, this team's dysfunctional We're back to, it's the Kings. At the same time, if I want to see the positive in it, because there is both, it's that the Kings shouldn't want to win games right now. The best thing they can do for themselves is get a high draft pick to add to this duo of Fox and Sabonis. And that duo of Fox and Sabonis is playing really well. You know, we've seen 11 games now since Sabonis has been a part of this team. De'Aaron Fox is averaging 27.8 points, 6.2 assists, 4 rebounds on 52% from the field, 32% from 3 on 4.3 um, attempts from 3 a game, and 72.2% from the free throw line on 6.5 free throw attempts per game. Again, 27.8 points, 6.2 assists on 52%, 32%, 72% for De'Aaron Fox in these 11 games since the Sabonis has joined the Kings. Damanis Sabonis himself in these 11 games, 17.4 points, 12.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, 56.8% from the field, only 16.7% from three. He's hardly shot any since he's been here. I think that that will increase. Um, the one concerning thing, 3.2 free throw attempts per game, which is not what you expect from Sabonis. They um, aren't posting him up quite as much as they did in indiana i think that's the difference you're seeing in this number but we're going to get to those free throw attempts in a second um and those 3.2 attempts per game from the free throw line he's only converting at a 65.7 percent rate that hasn't been great that free throw percentage it's been a little weird but overall you know in 32 minutes played of these 11 games 17.4 points 12.8 rebounds 5.9 assists on 56.8 percent from the field like I think that Savonis has been playing well. Um, Harrison Barnes. It's funny because Harrison Barnes numbers always look really good and no hate on Harrison Barnes. I think he's a good NBA player right in these 11 games, 19.4 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists on 55% from the field, 52.6% from three on 3.5 three-point attempts per game, which is a number that he needs to get up undeniably. And 86.6% from the free throw line on 7.5 free throw attempts per game. These three guys are playing well. Um, I'm going to get to Harrison in a sec. But Fox and Sabonis are playing really well. They're going away from what works in these first halves once you reach the second. Post-ups were working really well in this Knicks game, right? If you want to look at the first quarter... DeMontis Sabonis, they had the Knicks in so much foul trouble. Mitchell Robinson got two quick ones. Jericho Sims got three quick ones. All of a sudden, Taj Gibson has to be the center out there for Tom Thibodeau. And Taj had a little stretch where I think maybe two or three plays in a row that were pretty well. But I don't think Taj Gibson is ideally the guy that you're uh, given a lot of minutes if you're the Knicks right now. But just the first quarter, DeMontis Sabonis has 11 points. Three rebounds and an assist on, uh, six field goal attempts and three free throw attempts. You, you had 12 free throw attempts, 10 of 12 in the entire game in the first quarter. Harrison Barnes is the other one. Five free throw attempts in that first quarter. And in the half overall, they did a good job of getting to the line, being aggressive. You know, they're posting up and like I'm saying, attacking the paint, getting to the line. I think that's what was really important here. 17 of 21 from the free throw line and the kings also made six of 17 from three i think it was helpful that they were hitting at an okay rate but that's nothing to write home about like six of 17 is sustainable even for this team that sucks at shooting to be blunt the issue is you went from 17 you had 21 free throw attempts in that first half that falls down to 15 and really a lot of those came in the fourth quarter because the third quarter you had three free throw attempts three how do you go from a first half with 21 free throws so you have 12 free throw attempts 10 of 12 in the first quarter in the second quarter seven of nine that offense is working well for you the third quarter one of three from the free throw line and that's all the aaron fox the knicks started to go on this crazy run where it was a lot of really crappy Knicks, Kings, excuse me, defense. There was an aspect of, I think, that they were taking some, some poor shots on offense and maybe a few timely turnovers, poorly timed turnovers that made things easier for New York on the other end. But they went away from the offense that was working, this getting down low in the post. Um, you were getting the Knicks in a lot of foul trouble, And we just went away from it. We didn't see Sabonis post-ups. We didn't see Harrison Barnes aggressively attacking the paint. We still saw De'Aaron Fox playing really well, playing in transition. He's hitting pull-up jumpers. He's getting to the rim. He's hitting and ones. Um, He's actually converting from three at a decent rate in this game. De'Aaron Fox looked like he was trying to do everything he could to keep them alive in this third quarter, but it was not enough because everybody else disappeared. Um, And maybe it's less of Sabonis disappeared, but team started doubling Sabonis, which I'm going to have quotes here, post-game quotes after that Knicks game from, we have Demontis Sabonis, Alvin Gentry, and Harrison Barnes that are all going to be included in here, and they'll touch on this a little bit. But I think for Sabonis, it's more of that he started getting doubled, and the team is really bad at playing around Sabonis getting doubled in the paint, uh, in the post right now. They're not cutting off of it very well, and they're not punishing teams and able to knock down threes when uh when the post is getting doubled. The surrounding cast is not good enough. Harrison Barnes, if he's if the idea is that he's a number 3 guy, can't just like have long stretches where he disappears. You know, like at the end of the game Harrison Barnes always is efficient and his numbers are always really impressive. And I do really like Harrison Barnes as your fourth guy the third guy you need somebody that's able to keep this up a little bit more often specifically when you're one and two aren't like very clear f- like phenomenal players that are going to be able to like they have their weaknesses of shooting you know these aren't guys that are so elite that if they're getting double teamed they're still doing whatever they want like And it's a lot to ask for somebody to do that. I I don't think that it's the Kings' fault that they don't have a guy like that. That's extremely, extremely hard to get. But when these other guys are drawing more attention, you need somebody else that's going to be able to step up. You need a number three that's more consistent. They've talked all year about Harrison Barnes. Luke was saying he wants him to get six three-point attempts a game. Alvin has said he wants him to get eight three-point attempts a game. And that does not happen. You get zero attempts from three from Harrison Barnes in that third quarter where he played almost eight minutes of the 12. The entire game, six of seven, or I'm sorry, three of four from three. You can't shoot the ball from three four times, bro, when nobody else on this team is shooting at a good rate. Justin Holiday went one of eight from three. Dante DiVincenzo went three of six. Um, it's at the point now it's been 10 games. I am going to pull here soon. The, um, not in this episode, but probably on a tweet or in an article here soon, the catch and shoot compared to off the dribble numbers for Dante DiVincenzo, because they feel like they have to be drastically different. He's really good shooter off the catch. Sometimes he's a little erratic and confident and, and gives me buddy healed PTSD off the dribble sometimes, but you take it with what he gives you on the defensive end. Trey Lyles um, only plays 17 minutes because he's pretty tough on defense. He was the one guarding Julius Randle early. Um, I don't think it's his fault that Randle got started, but he's not a good guy to be guarding, tasked with guarding a player like Julius Randle. The Kings just let everything slip away. Um, I was saying a little bit, and I guess kind of got on a rant. Like, At very least, there's moments, these first halves, where it's like you're seeing it click. You're seeing what this team can be in these games. You saw it against San Antonio. They get to a big lead against Dallas. They do the same. And against New York, they play a really good first half. They are up a significant amount in each one of these games, 19 points against the Spurs. They're up 19 points against the Dallas Mavericks. They're up 23. They're up 20 points against the New York Knicks and they end up losing two of these games. One of them, the San Antonio one, they only win by three. So you can't be blowing a lead like that. Um, I think it says something that it's these halftime adjustments that they are not responding well to. I think teams are realizing that make them beat you with the long shot. Um, three point shots are not falling. I think that Alvin deserves some slack here because if the other team is making adjustments at halftime and they're hurting you every single time, then you need to look towards the adjustments that you're making yourself. And I think that some of these other guys just need to step up a little bit. Um, I'm going to play some of these clips. We saw DeMontis Sabonis get ejected in the fourth quarter. That's the first time he's ever gotten ejected. I saw saw Tony East, who covers the Pacers, um, post on Twitter that that's the most heated he's ever seen Sabonis, and he's probably watched every game of DeMontis Sabonis' career um sabonis was the first guy we got in post game and we got to hear him talk about that a little bit when he got ejected it was already the game was already over it was the fourth quarter i want to say five six minutes left something like that the kings were already getting their ass kicked and there was just so much momentum in the other direction julius Randle was putting him away that the game was already over um but it was i think telling to see sabonis get that heated so here's him talking a little bit about it post game and, and some of the things that kind of fell apart for the kings
1: Domas, how much was that emotion you showed more of what was going on than actually the call
2: the official? Yeah, you know, it was just frustrating game. You know, I feel like we have, we keep getting these leads, you know, um, playing the right way and, and, uh, we just can't come out in the second half and sustain it, you know, and um, it gets frustrating, you know, especially when you're fighting for a position.
1: And those three, you know, you've got three games where sizable leads have been going away. Do you see similar characteristics in all three of those games?
2: I just feel like I don't know what it is, but we got to come out at halftime and get a better warm-up in, you know, lock in, do, do whatever we can. We can't just come out and think, oh, we're up 20. It's going to be easy, you know, every team's going to fight back just like we would. So uh, we just got to figure that out.
3: Domas, have you... Uh, Been kicked out
2: of the game before? Uh, No, that was my first time. Um,
3: Is that, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of you here. So, I mean, is it typical for you to show that emotion?
2: Uh, No, no. uh, That was just a frustrating game, you know. Um, It's been three, four games that we've blown blown a lead like that, you know. Um, And it's frustrating when you want to win.
3: And lastly, I guess you guys keep doing things that, that help build these leads. Why do you go away from them? Uh, for long stretches, seems like you know like they're feeding you in the post. You're giving everybody in foul trouble, and then all of a sudden it all stops. Uh, uh,
2: if I knew how, um, we wouldn't be in these situations. You know, um, that's something we got to figure out. You know, um, whatever's working, keep keep playing that way. Um, and shots can go in and in, in, in and out. You know, I feel like uh, we got some good looks. Um, they double team me. We kicked it out. You know, we had good looks. Just um, they didn't fall. You know, but uh, that can't be an excuse uh, to not play defense
1: who uh, wants to give up three in the second half. Where did you see the,
2: you know, the, the defensive breakdowns, and and how did that happen? I just feel like um they uh, they rallied back and just felt like we kind of gave up, you know, and then um, they just started hitting threes. They got hot, and my thing happened, you know, and I felt like everybody just game was lost, you know, and then we we didn't compete.
3: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV
2: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refunds. Subscription auto-renews.
1: Twentieth Century Studios presents Vacation Friends Two. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots!
0: Shots! Shots! That's five,
1: now streaming.
0: Dad! He was just released from
3: jail. Where can I get a drink around here?
1: Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry. Drug lord nice. With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos does that vacation friends too rated r
3: now streaming only on hulu
0: yeah um they got to be better on the defense end but i want to touch on the whole you know i felt like we got decent looks but weren't hitting them you're going to hear alvin gentry kind of echo a similar sentiment and i think it's been pretty apparent with this king's team 11 games since Demonis sabonis has been acquired um it's been 10 games that we've seen dante divincenzo and trey lyles and josh jackson in the 11 games played now the Kings are four and seven and are shooting the 25th most three point attempts per game, meaning the sixth lowest at 30.6 per game. And they are converting at the fourth worst rate, 27th in the league, to 32.9%. Justin Holiday shooting 6.9 three point attempts per game, 28.9% from three. Justin Holiday has surprised me. He's somebody that's really well-spoken. It seems like all the players around him really like him. I think that he comes off as a very smart guy, a good teammate, that ideally is the 3 and D guy this team needs. I think him being asked to be a starter on a team that, you know, is shooting to be a play-in team consistently is probably a little much. Um, I've been really surprised with how streaky. I'm going to go through his three-point games, his shooting from three in some of these games. One of eight from three against New York. One of seven from three against Dallas. Two of 12 against San Antonio. One of three against New Orleans. One of six against OKC. Um, then you have a game like in Denver, four of eight. The game before that, a home game against Denver, one of three. Six of 11 from Chicago in Chicago. Great game. But then you have one of six in Brooklyn. You do have a four of six in Washington. But then the first game he was here, he shot zero of six against Minnesota. So you have two games, three games, sorry, that he plays really, really well. The shot's falling. Four of six from three against Washington. Six of 11 from three against Chicago. And then you have four of eight from three in Denver. The other games, he only has one game where he's, made more than one triple, and that's because he shot 12 of them, and he made two. I wasn't ready for him to be such a streaky shooter, and I think that he can't be that streaky from distance and be a starter on a team whose core duo is Fox and Sabonis. He could get better from three. We're going to kind of have to see how this goes, because in Indiana, he was at 37.8% on on just about the same amount of attempts per game. So maybe that gets better. Maybe it's just streaky right now. It's a new team. We're going to have to see. But he needs to be better. Next up in attempts is Dante DiVincenzo. 5.5, three-point attempts per game. He's at 34.5% from three. He's looked a little bit better. Like I said, I think the catch and shoot is a lot better for him than these off the dribble, sometimes pretty erratic attempts that, like I said, buddy healed PTSD. I think we've all felt that a little bit. After that, De'Aaron Fox is taking the third most threes on this game. On this team in the 11 games since the bonus has been acquired. De'Aaron Fox is shooting the third most threes. 4.5 per game, converting 32% of them. Um, then you have Jeremy Lamb, 4.2 attempts per game, 28% from three. Davion Mitchell, 3.8 per attempts a game, 26.3% from distance. He slowed back down. And then you reach Harrison Barnes. He's one, two, three, four, five, sixth. In three-point attempts per game. In the 11 games played since acquiring Demonis Sabonis, Sixth on the team. 3.5 attempts per game. But he's shooting 52% from three. 52.6%. You're shooting that good? Don't be sixth in, in three-point attempts. And it's probably even more frustrating to Harrison, and maybe a little unfair to him, that because so many other poor three-point shooters on this team that you just want that much more. But I think it's been a thing with Harrison all year where it's like you want him to shoot more, but you need more guys that are converting at his rate. Um, The team's been really bad from three. They can't punish double teams to Sabonis in the post. They can't take advantage of De'Aaron Fox getting double teamed. They have to be able to hit threes. You heard Demonis Sabonis say it. Um, I'm going to play a clip from Alvin Gentry here. As well, right now, this is again post game after their loss to the New York Knicks, where they blew a twenty point lead and got absolutely destroyed by Julius Randle and the entire Knicks team in that second half. Um, but the shooting is a problem. Gentry talks about that a little bit too.
1: Alvin, what do you think is is happening where you know where you guys are are getting the ball into Domas early and then? kind of veering away from from what's working, what, what do
4: you see? Happening? Well, because the defense changes, you know, I think everybody feels like they can play him straight up and then they figure out that they can't play him straight up. And so just like any other, you know, good coach, they make adjustments and uh, it gets more difficult for us to play through him because they double him right away. But in those situations, and I think if you go back and look, you know, he's an unselfish player, he throws the ball out, we swing it around. We get an open three. You got to make those. You, you have to knock those in uh, because it's the only way that you can get them out of the, you know, of double in the post. And uh, we had some great looks tonight and didn't make them, so they obviously stayed uh, with the double
3: team. Um, this season's been up and down all year long. How do you how do you keep this final fifteen games just on the right path and try to build for something? as opposed to letting it kind of? Yeah, I think
4: the one thing that we talked about, you know, after the game is that, you know, forget about, hey, we're only this many games out, or are we doing this, are we doing that? All we have to talk about now is that competing at the highest level we can for 48 minutes. And whoever that is, you know, if it's five guards, five big guys, or, you know, whatever, that's the way we're going to play the rest of the season. We're going to play with guys who's going to compete like crazy, uh, Do the right, try to do the right things, uh, but we're the last thing we're going to do is quit. You know, I mean, if we have to play Lindsay, we'll play Lindsay. You know, I mean, if she's going to compete, you know, if we have to play anybody else, you know, that that's who we'll play. You know, because that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I mean, we we live very comfortably uh, in these situations, and so uh, the the at least we can compete at the highest level, and earn earn our money.
0: Yeah, Lindsey, anyone unaware, Lindsey Harding is on the coaching staff. Um, it's kind of a little joke there by by Gentry that they, they need guys that are going to be playing hard and uh, obviously not hitting threes. I'm also just going to throw in the Harrison Barnes postgame moment that stood out to me after that New York Knicks lost. to just play that here now. Yeah, Harrison, uh, what do you kind of see in that third quarter when things
1: started going sideways for you guys? I mean, we pretty much did everything um, the complete opposite of what we did in the first half. I mean, giving them almost, I think, 45 points. I mean, they scored 48 in the first half. Um, I mean, they, they pretty much, I mean, they got whatever they wanted, um, and we just completely let go of the rope um, defensively, offensively. Um, we started to get things going, had some turnovers there, but, um I mean, defensively, like I said, we just we just got away from uh, everything that gave us the lead in the first half.
3: Yeah, Harrison, you guys had a lot of things that were working in the first half. Why is it, it seems like a trend over the last couple of games that you guys do go away from things in the second half that were working so well?
1: Just complacency. Um, you know, as a team, we just have to have the maturity that, you know, teams aren't going to lay down. You know, it doesn't matter if you're up 5, 10, 15. Um, Just because you got into a flow and you got a lead doesn't give us a license to then just take our foot off the gas and just start trying things differently. You know, if we're um, having a good game, you know, playing through Domas in the the first, um, you know, getting good action off the spray outs and things like that, then that's what we got to stick with going in the second half. And uh, I thought we kind of, as a team, especially the starting unit, we just kind of got away from that. Things got a little stagnant. Um, We didn't get anything going. HB, you kind of touched on there for these three straight games, with losing sizable leads 19, 19 20 tonight. Is 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 it similar characteristics in all three games that you see these leads kind of dwindle away? Yeah, I mean it's you know it starts with you know uh, our attention to detail slips a little bit. Uh, we start taking quicker shots, just kind of you know playing a little bit looser. And the thing is, in the first half we were getting stops. Um, third quarter, you know they start off with whatever run that they had uh, when we're not making shots, we still see uh, go up to the timeout, you still look up, you have a lead. Okay, things are fine. And all of a sudden you go back to the next timeout, you're down five, you're down 10. So I think for us, um, you know, we played so much of this season, you know, losing at half um, that now having these sizable leads, uh, understanding that, like I said, teams aren't going to just lay down. You know, they're going to keep fighting. This team kept fighting. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a poor performance by us. not to belabor that
0: point, but I mean, how? I'm actually going to cut it there. Um, Attention to detail, complacency. I don't think the team's used to playing with the lead, which says a lot. I don't know. That's a good thing. Um, I'm going to wrap this up quick because I do have to run. We have a practice for this team uh, that I'm running to right now. And this is the day after that New York game. They have a practice today and then they play a home game against Denver. And uh, a guy that's, Got a damn good chance of winning the MVP for the second year in a row with Nikola Jokic. And then they play the, they go on a road and play the Utah jazz. And then they have a home stretch against the Chicago bulls, Milwaukee bucks, Boston Celtics, Phoenix Suns. I believe Frankie Cardicelli put out the stat. Shout out Frankie F Cardicelli three on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it is six games in a row of teams with at least 0.597 win percentages. It's a tough stretch for the Kings. Um, I'll say, if you want to look at this optimistically, we're seeing stretches where this team is putting it together. We're seeing what Fox and Sabonis, that duo, is capable of. And you're seeing them play and perform at a high level for stretches that I think we weren't seeing earlier in the year this often. The negative aspect, obviously. You sacrifice team control of Halliburton. I think that you got the better player in Sabonis. You're going to have to see... If long term you got the better player, um, but you sacrifice team control to be a little bit better right now. And I don't think that you expected to be blowing these significant leads in the way that you have. It's easy to look and be like, it's because of the supporting cast, though, because you don't have enough shooting, because maybe you're being, your coaching isn't the most ideal. Things have to fall right for the Kings this offseason. And I get that there's little reason. For people to believe that the Kings are going to make the right decisions. Because historically they haven't, right? But I think they have the opportunity to. With. They're going to end up with a new coach. I'd be shocked if Alvin Gentry came back at this point. And you have. What is going to be a pretty good draft pick. You know. um They have the sixth best, best odds right now. If you miraculously jump into the top four. I think all of a sudden things look pretty bright for this team the future uh, maybe that's me being too hopeful but I think that you can make this surrounding cast better uh, using the MLE either drafting or trading your pick but you need to add like three shooters to this team which maybe isn't the easiest thing but Monty has the assets to work with and I think that that weakness is so very clear three and D players it's what the Kings need to add these are mid-disappointing but I guess I'm going to hold on to these moments of where they are performing at a high level and hope that we can just see that a little bit more often. And in the end, losses are kind of fine right now. Best High traffic is the best thing that could happen for this team. So that's going to do it. Like I said, I got to run to practice. Um, but... Of course, check out all the great work going on at the King's Arrow from myself and all the other guys and gals there. Great work going on super consistently. Take a look at their Patreon, to support local, independent, King's coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, which is available on YouTube, by the way, as well, I keep forgetting to mention this earlier, but definitely subscribe to the YouTube and you can see the video form of this podcast and every podcast that comes out from here on out there as well. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thumbs up is always helpful the same way that a subscription a rate and review is helpful on any of the listening platforms youtube or i'm sorry uh apple podcast spotify stitcher all of the above so if you enjoyed please go ahead and do all that and you'll hear from me again in the next couple of days here